Hello and welcome to episode 38 of our weekend's booked. I'm Brielle. And I'm Kate. And this week we discussed The Butcher and the Wren by Elena Urquhart. So Kate, how was your weekend since we are back to Monday once again? Ew, don't remind me. (laughs) My weekend was good. Honestly, we had a pretty chill weekend. I just read most of the weekend. Um, The only thing we did was Saturday was my nephew's 14th birthday so we went over to my brother's house and had birthday cake and spent some time with our family so that was nice what'd you do um well saturday we did yard work which i hate i i got bit by fire ants and now i have like war wounds on my hands um sunday i just hung out by the pool at my dad's house and he read his book and i read my book and i got got my tan back so then i suffered the sunday scaries and now here we are monday again you know what I love? That I love that your dad's a reader like us because on those days when you want to go to the pool, which is at his house, everyone. We love going to Uncle John's pool. <laughs> but it's nice because if you just want to sit and read by the pool, like he'll just sit there and read with you. It's not like someone's constantly trying to talk to you when you're trying to read. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he he's really gotten into where he's looking for books for us and he's always sending us suggestions and he has a lot more time than we do. So he like gets through them a little bit quicker, but no, we don't. He's- <laughs> love you uncle john no we don't i mean he reads more than us i mean you know no he don't i've already read almost 80 books here <laughs> you know what i mean like but he is obsessed right now with crescent city he's gonna read fourth wing next and then he's gonna be introduced to the akatar world so i'm really excited to kind of go back on that journey with him I'm so glad that he likes to read the same books as us, too, because if there's books that we miss, he'll text us because he always gets those emails from Barnes and Nobles about new releases. And he'll text us and be like, did you guys hear about? And I'm like, no, I didn't. Let me look that up. Yeah, he's a fantasy nerd and he's always been like that, like not just with books either, but like with movies or TV shows. Like if my dad wasn't watching sports, he was watching something that was so far-fetched you just like sat there with your mouth open like what the heck is even going on but I love him for that because he gave me you know that love for fantasy too yeah that's true well neither one of my parents read so (laughs) (laughs) your dad is is my reading parent (laughs) but but your grandmom does which you know you got that from her so yes my grandmom does love to read which every time I read a good book I always text her and she does audible um or like you know the audiobooks like we do sometimes so I feel bad because I'm like I really want you to read this book and she's like well it's like a four-week wait I'll add it to my list (laughs) all right Kate can you tell us a little bit about Elena Urquhart yeah so I think a lot of people know her because she's a co-host of the true crime podcast Morbid which I listen to that podcast I really do enjoy it Um, She has a degree in criminal justice, psychology, and biology. She's a New York Times bestseller, and she's an autopsy technician by trade, which I thought was really cool because in this book, one of the main characters, Ren, does, you know, basically does the same thing. She's a coroner or whatever. So it's kind of like putting herself into the story, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, and this is not in our usual genre so we have had several requests from listeners that we start to kind of branch out of course you know we're always going to love fantasy but this is not a fantasy book i kind of would 
categorize it as like a true crime thriller, I guess. It is fiction. Like she did make the story up, but it's definitely not fantasy. No, but you know, as and the story she made up is great because it could be something that really happens and has happened with, you know, serial killers in the past. Yeah. Do you want to kind of give us a little premise of what the book's about? Yeah. So I'll tell you guys a little bit about the book. I'm just going to read the inside dust jacket because I think that's been given a pretty good plot summary. So something dark is lurking in the Louisiana Bayou. A methodical serial killer with a penchant for medical experimentation is hard at work completing his most harrowing crime yet, taunting the authorities who desperately try to catch up. But forensic pathologist Dr. Red Mueller is the best there is. Armed with an encyclopedic knowledge of historical crimes and years of experience working in the medical examiner's office, she's never encountered a case she couldn't solve until now. Case after case is piling up on Ren's examination table, and soon she is sucked into an all-consuming cat-and-mouse chase with a brutal murderer getting more brazen by the day. Okay, so right off the bat, you had mentioned it in the little blurb, but if you have no type of medical knowledge at all, don't be like afraid of this book, right? So you and I are both in the medical field. We understand the terms that she was using. It was it was very detailed. All the medical terms were like laid out for you. It was very easy to understand. But if you don't have that knowledge, it was it wasn't hard to understand either. I really like that about her writing because it didn't read like a textbook. She would say the terms and then explain it so anybody could understand it. Yeah, and I think that maybe her background and like with her true crime podcast and being an autopsy technician kind of made it easy for her, not easy per se, but like a little bit easier than it would for you or I to write a book like this with such great detail, but where the story felt so real. Yeah, and it, it, was, it wasn't like boring at any point or I didn't feel lost. Like it was, like I said, very easy to understand, easy to follow, but the story like told itself. Yeah, I mean, and there was a lot of plot twists in this book. But one thing that I really did like was that she actually mentioned, like, real-life serial killers. So that's when, like, when I said earlier, how it made it feel like this is something that was really happening. I think adding in those, you know, like, she talks about Ted Bundy and Jeffrey Dahmer. I think that adding that stuff in made it seem even more real and relatable to her character, Jeremy, who's the killer, because you see his character qualities. I mean, the guy is like OCD to the max. He's in med school. But I think with a lot of when you see like documentaries and things like that about true crime stuff, I feel like a lot of serial killers in real life have the same like personality traits that kind of shows an underlying like something's not right, like abusive family or neglectful family you know, fascination with dead animals or, you know, causing harm to animals, like things like that. And without coming right out and saying it, some few of those things I felt like were implied in Jeremy's character in this book. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that a lot of those characteristics are, you know, things that profilers look for, you know, when they like think that somebody may be a serial killer and they start to like, um, dive into their history, you know, they ask questions like, well, did they hurt animals as they were growing up or did they have a strange relationships? And you were saying like, she does kind of like pay homage to Ted Bundy and BTK. 
And one of my favorite ones that she mentions was actually Israel Keys. So for anybody who's not familiar, Israel Keys is a kind of like a modern day serial killer. One of my favorites, learned about him first on Crime Junkie, the Ashley Flowers podcast. And I was terrified after I heard that episode because here's this guy who has these murder kits like all over the world. And he like methodically plans out kidnappings. You know, he doesn't know who the person's going to be, but he has like an idea and he like lures them into a place where the murder kit is, you know, um, completes the murder. And he was getting away with it for years and years. And he finally was actually caught when he didn't stick to that plan. So you were saying like Jeremy's like OCD. You could see that in Israel Keys too. Like he did things a certain way all the time. And then the one time he doesn't, he gets caught. And I think that's what happens to most of them. They make one mistake. Yeah, one one sim- simple, silly mistake, and you know their their whole world crumbles. As it should. Oh yeah, definitely. But <laughs> I mean, I've really been enjoying these like thriller books we've been reading because prior to this one, we did read My Best Friend's Exorcism, which is you know a th- another thriller, scary type book, and I love. Like, you and I are both definitely, like, crime junkies. Like, I have read books by, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer's father. I have a book about Ted Bundy. Like, I love all that stuff. I don't know why. It's creepy, but it's also fascinating to me to, like, find out how their brains work and how someone can be capable of that. But we're never really into this genre of books. But I'm really, I'm the more of them that we're reading, I'm really enjoying them a lot. Oh, yeah, me too. I, I completely agree. And I think that one of the other, like, major aspects of this book was the backdrop that she chose, which was New Orleans. So, I mean, if anybody's not familiar with New Orleans, it has, like, that deep, rich, eerie history. Basically, anywhere you go is haunted. And it also is surrounded by, like, swampland, which is scary in itself because everything out there has been bred to kill you, basically. And... That plays a big part in Jeremy's life because the house that he lives on is like surrounded by the bayou and he uses his surroundings to his like advantage, which is creepy because, you know, you can you imagine like how dark it is out there and then like you have him after you as well? No, no, I cannot. <laughs> I mean, I know. That, was, like, that was the thing that like scared me. Like I'm thinking, you know, I've only been to New Orleans one time and I had the best time of my life there. I never was to the area. I never left the French Quarter. So I didn't get to see the bayou and things like that. But all I could think about that whole time was this dude could easily dispose of these people that he's killing by feeding them to gators. But, you know, he doesn't do that. He leaves them where someone can find them because he leaves clues with each one. Yeah. And it was scary, too, because... You know, you think about if you have been to New Orleans, you have like that hustle and bustle of Bourbon Street, but then you have like all those like little dark alleys. And honestly, like you're not paying attention what's going on there. It's like the perfect like scenario for a crime. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you're right there. I remember while we were there, there was so much going on. I mean, people peeing in the streets, like music everywhere people playing instruments like it and especially after it gets dark yeah it's like sensory overload so you're only trying to like focus on yourself you have no you have no like inclination of what is happening you know in the shadows 
Yeah, really scary. I want to I wanted to ask you because I didn't ask you this earlier when we were talking about the book. So there comes a point in the book where Ren's talking about a case that she had with that involved Jeremy when his mother died. Do you think that the death of his mother, because it seems like at least I in the book felt like she, he had a really close relationship with his mother that, you know, the author talks about. Do you think that that's like what kind of pushed him over the edge to start doing these killings? Well, I kind of think that he poisoned his mother. And I I don't think it was malicious. I think it was actually because she was probably suffering from either like a debilitating disease or dementia. And he was poisoning her so that she could, you know, pass easier. Yeah, like when he gave her the hemlock. Yeah, so but that's, does, but that's what I'm does, talking about. Like, do you think that that was like his gateway to start killing people? I don't know because, like, for Jeremy, it was like it was the hunt. You know what I mean? And I'm not sure that he would have viewed his mother's death like that because he was in control of that. Whereas, like, when he he what he does is he like lures people which which most serial killers do you know he was depicted as being like attractive so he can go into bars and pick up women or even like men by offering them like drugs or alcohol or you know just a party spot whatever but it was still like about the hunt and I think with the death of his mother like he had complete control of that and it was just something that maybe he had to do because I mean I don't know, maybe we'll get more in another book that she writes, but maybe like her, whatever state she was in, like maybe it was like hindering him from, you know, actually becoming like a full-blown serial killer. Well, I'm glad you mentioned about finding out in another book. I will say the only thing I did not like about this book was that it ended on a cliffhanger because I felt like there was so much lead up to Ren capturing Jeremy I just felt like it could have been wrapped up so beautifully. Yeah, so this book was short read, right? It was only like 240 some pages, which, I mean, that's like two hours of our time, honestly. Um, But I felt the same way that you did. If she had have just stretched it out like 50 to 100 pages more, she could have wrapped this story up completely. Um, We read a series of books. There's four. Well, I read three. You've read all four. But the author is Dot Hutchinson, and she has four books. They're, like, they're thrillers. But each book, like, follows one of her main characters, which I really liked. And I thought that Elena Urquhart could have possibly done, like, something similar where this was Ren's story, and then possibly the next book would be you know, following another case, but maybe it would focus on, like, one of the other main characters, like LaRue, which was, like, um, the police. Was he, like, a detective? Yeah, he was a detective that she worked with. Yeah, or, like, Will, who was, like, another, like, autopsy tech. So I, I, I'm I'm with you there that I wish that this story just would have been wrapped up and then I would have been, like, inclined to read the next book because it was about somebody different. Yeah, like, still follow Ren, but 
But I mean, I, I, it doesn't take away from the fact that I really did enjoy this book. I just, it was the one thing about it that I just really didn't like. Yeah, I kind of broke it down to like pluses of the book and like negatives of the book. And I had a ton of pluses, which we've hit on in this episode. But then I only had like one negative and it was that because like I just felt like it didn't have to be a cliffhanger that she could have wrote this book and then wrote more books and had, you know, Ren as in like a starring or supporting cast and like her readers still would have read it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm definitely going to read the next one because I need to know what happens. But I felt like all this suspense was leading up to like the last 10 pages. And I think I told you this. I had said to my husband, I was like, this is going to be a cliffhanger. There's only 10 pages left. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, never mind. (laughs) Now, I will say, and I'm probably going to take a little bit of heat from this, but as a debut novel for someone who is pretty much like, you know, a co-host of a podcast. Now, I mean, she does have like a bunch of other skills, but that's what she does basically full-time now. I thought that this was way better written and a better debut novel for someone in her position than Ashley Flowers, um, All Good People Here. Yeah, I'm going to be quite honest. That wasn't one of my favorite books. No, and it was different, right? Like, so this was like true crime thriller hers had more of like i don't want to say it was more of a story but hers had a little bit more fluff to it right ashley flowers book had more fluff to it than this book did i liked this book better better than that one for sure yeah i gave a solid four stars on goodreads um like i said i will definitely read anything else that she puts out i have listened to a couple of her episodes of morbid um and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll check those out as well, just to see, like, what kind of things she's got going on in the serial killer world. Yeah, I mean, because this book was filled with a bunch of plot twists that you kind of had to use the analytical portion of your brain to connect those dots at first. Because I, I think I texted you and I was like, hold up, is this what I just think it is? Yes, I know exactly where you're talking about, that big plot twist in the end. And after you read it and after you understand it, you kind of like stop for a minute and you're like, that was so creative of her. That is something that I haven't seen done a lot in other books. So I do commend her for that. That was good. But listeners, you will have to read the book to find out what we're talking about. All right, guys, that wraps up episode 38. As always, if you liked what you heard, give us a rating on whatever podcast alley you listen to and check us out on Instagram at our underscore weekends underscore booked. Again, I'm Kate. And I'm Brielle. Until next time. (laughs) 